Support for WABE comes from the Community Foundation for Greater Atlanta. You can go beyond giving to impact. Learn more at cfgreateratlanta.org. I'm Erlon Woods. I'm Nigel Poor. We're the hosts and creators of Ear Hustle from PRX's Radiotopia. Ear Hustle is a show about life inside prison, but it's not your typical prison podcast. In this next season, we've got stories about the objects people keep inside their prison cells. About residents in a women's prison who say they want to stay there. And the most beautiful prison garden. Erlon, I will never forget it. Ear Hustle. Stories about life on the inside, told by those who live it. Find Ear Hustle wherever you get your podcasts. And Closer Look continues now here on 90.1 WABE. As always, I'm Rose Scott. You know what? Since March of 2020, here on Closer Look, We've conducted nearly 500 virtual interviews via Zoom, Skype, and of course the old-fashioned way via the phone lines. It's been really cool to look somewhat presentable from the mid-chest area on up because that's all folks see, and I've wore some really cool hats. Uh, My cat Ridley has become a Zoom favorite walking across the keyboard and objecting as only a cat could with a disapproving meow. So here's a question. Has working remotely and meeting virtually become the preferred work environment for you? Are you so comfortable with working remotely that now you're like, you know what, Ah, boss, I don't think I want to come back. And maybe if you are management, you're kind of wondering, hey, what do we do? If we can, email me, rose at wabe.org, or hit me up on Twitter, at WABE Rose Scott. And joining me today for this Feedback Friday portion, it's a little bit abbreviated, but that's okay, is Julie Smith, president and lead consultant of the Atlanta-based Customs Human Resource Solutions firm. And she's been doing this for 25 years. Julie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rose. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. You working from home? <laughs> I am. I am. You can. I know you can see me on Zoom, so you can see my background. But yes, you you you've enjoyed. You've been enjoying working at home. Uh, I have, and a lot of my work is remote anyway. But um, I am. I, you know, I'm not traveling to other states uh, to work with clients face to face. We're doing everything by Zoom, and I love it. Let me ask you this, because there was a, and get your thoughts on this, there was a survey that was recently conducted by the Employment and Labor Law Practice, Littler. It revealed some interesting data. I want to get your thoughts on this. 75% of employers surveyed believe that most of their employees who can work remotely prefer a hybrid model, and that only 4% prefer full-time in-person work. What do you make of that? Well, I, I think that we've all gotten, we've all become accustomed the flexibilities of uh, working from home. I mean, you know, I do meetings outside and, you know, I do a lot of my work on my patio outside. I've got my dogs there. I've got, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in a, a comfortable place. And prior to the pandemic, um, many employers were absolutely certain that uh, it wouldn't work, mm-hmm. um, you know, didn't to accommodate employees who are working from home. They had to be in the office. They had to be face-to-face. There had to be that, you know, person-to-person interaction. And I think what we have found over the last year and a half is that we can make it work. Mm-hmm. And for some people, some workers, they're they're more effective um, than they would be 
in the office where there might be distractions. Let me get your thoughts on that. When they say they're more effective without distractions, I hear it. Lovely public broadcast in Atlanta. We have the luxury of walking around, popping into people's offices, meeting at the coffee machine or the vending machine and, and, and chatting. Do you think that that people just really kind of prefer just the the solitude? I don't call it solitude if you have family, but just being at home and not having to deal with someone walking through your area and stopping to ask you if you have change for a dollar because your dollar won't work in a vending machine, which is what I do a lot around here. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that we're able to focus and I and I can speak from you know my own experience as well is that I, I'm, I'm really able to focus uh, when I'm at home and I'm not getting the interruptions. My phone is ringing off the hook. Um, I don't have people coming into my office and it's and it's not just like, you know, a, a work related question or you have a change for a dollar. Sometimes it's, you know, how was your weekend? How's your husband? How are your children? And I don't get paid for that, but the <laughs> interaction, is, interaction is important. But I think we're, even with Zoom, when we're doing group meetings, we, we're able to interact effectively in a different kind of way. And I, and I think it's, for some, it's more personal and it's, it's more focused and it's more Hmm. Sabrina on Twitter says personal grooming purchases are on a rise since the first time in over 14 months. Teeth whiteners, lipsticks, mascara, etc. Working from home has proven to be a winner for many Americans. It's a mistake to stop it. Keep it as an option if possible. What do you think of that? Well, I, I agree with that. And I think that even as we're seeing um, uh, employers open up and bring employees back to work. Uh, I think that employers have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a hybrid model is really, really effective. But a- at the same time, there's also, a, you know, a group of workers who, um, you know, a category of workers who prefer mm-hmm. to be in the workplace, who want to go back to work 40 hours a week or more. And, uh, you know, actually want to, you know, go go back into the office, get out of their homes. Julie, you have been in this this human recess, human resources space for a long time. And there's been so much out there that obviously contradicts from what you know, can employers mandate, number one, that their employees get a vaccination or does that depend on the type of work? And two, can they mandate that they come into work, even though we're still in a pandemic? The World Health Organization has declared that we're in a pandemic. So what's the gui- what are the guiding the guidelines here for employers Look, that you well, know of? All, yeah, there, first of all, there's a lot of moving parts in there. So, you know, the CDC has guidelines. Uh, the uh, EESC, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, it's a federal agency uh, that addresses discrimination, discriminatory protected classes, um, they've issued guidelines uh, that's, that say that employers can uh, mandate vaccinations. They can um, uh, require employees to return to work. And so, and whether they can and whether they should is dependent on the type of business and, you know, what types of um, flexibilities can be afforded. Uh, one thing that employers have to be careful of, though, 
is that, you know, the EESC has its guidelines, but there's also, you know, the Americans with Disabilities Act that protects um, uh, American workers with disabilities. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also uh, protections based on religious um, affiliations. And so if somebody cannot get a vaccination mm -hmm. or because of a disability or because of a, um, you know, a seriously honored a religious reason, then employers are going to be obligated to make accommodations. And that accommodation might include working from home or requiring a mask and, you know, or a face shield or, or putting the employee in a, you know, private office where they're not interacting with other employees. So you're saying the EEOC and, and for folks to understand, and Julie, you are an expert in this, they, they could come up with a guideline that says, look, employers, you're going to have to somehow accommodate folks um, who cannot get the vaccination or for whatever reason don't want to get the vaccination. You're saying that, that they, they're going to have to accommodate those, in, those individuals? Just want to be clear now. Yes. Yeah, well, and it depends on, I mean, like the Americans with Disabilities Act, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that you have to be a certain employer size, um, but it's very small, small employers. Um, you know, they have, to, they have to make accommodations for people who have disabilities. Um, you know, and by the same token, the um, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, OSHA, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, I, I believe all your listeners have probably heard of, is um, mandates that every employer uh, has a duty to provide an environment that is a work environment that is free from hazards. And hazards include hazard for illness and mm -hmm. hazard for injury in the workplace. Well, COVID-19 is an illness, mm -hmm. and so there's a general duty for employers to provide an environment that is free. You know, so they've got, they've, there's a lot of different ways that employers have to balance, um, you know, if they're requiring vaccines. Wow. What do you think out there, listeners? Hit, hit me up on Twitter at, at WABE Rose Scott or send me an email, rose at WABE.org. And we're talking about returning to work. Are you so comfortable now with remote working that you love it? Derek on Twitter says, I was laid off last year and have been freelancing as an accountant and studying for my CPA. I love this. And it's going to take double my previous salary to get me out of, out of my basement office. Derek, really? Double your salary? Uh, let me ask you this, Julie. Have folks been reaching out to you for some guidance and your your firm about some guidance on how to work through all of this? They have. So, um, you know, we're we're working primarily with these, um, you know, small to medium sized business owners on how to get their employees back to work and what they can and cannot do with their employees, uh, you know, in terms of getting them back to work. But way the working world was before the pandemic mm -hmm. is not the way the working world is now. And so I, you know, we talk about like returning to normal, it, there's a new normal. It's, you know, we're, we will never be, you know, won't ever be the way that it was. It, you know, will be different going forward. And so, but the other thing too, is that I, I, you know, when I'm talking to employees about their anxieties about returning to work, mm -hmm. um, it's it's beyond I really enjoy working at home. So regardless of whether you enjoy working at home, 
your employer mandates that you come back to work and they provide a safe environment for you to do so, then you have to do so. And you can be terminated for mm. not reporting to work. And, um, but the way that I look at it is um, we're, we're each individually responsible for our own safety. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've been vaccinated um, and, you know, I was fully vaccinated back in February, but I still, if I go out in public, you know, I wear my KN95 mask and I wear, you know, one of my multicolored cloth masks over it mm-hmm. um, because, I, you know, I don't know enough about it. And that's what makes me comfortable. I still stay away. You keep my distance because that's what makes me comfortable. The voice here is Julie Smith, president and lead consultant of the Atlanta-based Custom Human Resources Solutions. And we're talking about returning to the workplace for those that can, but also maybe some of y'all are so comfortable. You know what? You prefer to stay at home in your sweatpants that you've worn for two weeks and you just change your top. That's okay. No judgments here. Let me know. Rose at WABE.org or on Twitter at WABE Rose Scott. That survey I was talking about, Julie, also found that 28% of those employers who were surveyed plan to have most employees return full-time and in person, and 55% said they will offer that hybrid model, which is a mixture of remote and in-person. Is, you think, the hybrid model a, a good, successful model? Because for some people, you come in only three times a day. I mean, could that disrupt, I guess, the culture of a company? What do you think? So um, I think that it, how cultures are built in companies has changed. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think we can know, thank the millennials know. for that as they're skateboarding right. down the halls and, you know, playing hacky sack, you know, in the lobby. Yeah, I'm blaming them for that. No, exactly. You know, it's um, but I, I think that it's changed and I and, and it really is dependent on the type of work. So, I mean, there are some jobs that, you know, just they the employees just they have to be there. They cannot work remotely. Mm-hmm. But many of these, um, you know, office type jobs or, you know, um, more like service industries. Um, I think employers have to be flexible. And what's going to happen is that they they might lose employees if they're mandating them to return to work when a hybrid or um, virtual working is an option. Mm-hmm. They may lose them to companies that do offer that as an option. I have an email from Jasmine, and Jasmine wants to know if I can be fired because we're still in a pandemic, then won't most employ won't some companies be facing a lot of lawsuits because there's there's a pandemic, she writes. And what legal grounds do I have to stand on? And I yeah, know well that's that's uh that's the magic question, isn't it? So um and and you know, the word that we're all sick and tired of hearing is unprecedented. Um, but it's still unprecedented. And so we have no idea what types of lawsuits are going to come out of the woodwork um, from this. Um, but we, you know, employers do have um, a right to require that you report to work. So pandemic or not, mm-hmm. if the, unless the there's a regional or state or city mandate, uh, you know, that limits you know capacity or uh, that does not allow indoor working, which I think most of those have been lifted across the country. Um, You have to return to work. Speaking of returning to work from Twitter, um, I love this name, this Twitter handle, O-Owl. What is the difference between requiring vaccines to go to a public school, 
versus requiring vaccines return to a private workplace? Good question. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And I I you know, I don't know much about the public school system mm -hmm. and you know how um, how that is set up. And each district is gonna be different. Yeah, I, I agree. And so, um, but I do know if it's the same with employers, each employer is going to be different. Some are going to require the vaccine. Um, with employers that we're working with, our current clients, we're, we're trying to encourage them to, you know, again, to be flexible. And mm -hmm. I, I keep saying that to be flexible, but maybe look at providing incentive um, for employees to get vaccines. And so um, where you're not mandating it, because some people are just, you know, don't believe in it, don't want to be vaccinated. Um, and so, you know, some incentive, it might be a financial incentive. And I've heard about. Well, money, money talk. My dad used to say this money talks. talks. <laughs> now, I don't want people to think, oh, you just throw some money at people. But I mean, look, we've had we've heard everything from free beer, free tacos, a chance to win a million dollars to encourage folks to get vaccinated. Why not offer a $500 bonus to come back to work? I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not telling folks to tell their employer. Rose Scott said, give me some money and I'll come back to work. So just putting that disclaimer out there because I don't want to be sued. Yeah, but part of what you have to look at, too, even with that, is that, you know, if you have employees come back and let's say the employer puts in a mask mandate, you can come back if you're not vaccinated, but you have to wear a mask. Uh, and if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Okay, and then you what? You have to provide proof of vaccination to determine mask or maskless. And then does that then open up, you know, confidential medical? Right. You've got issues there with HIPAA protection in terms of like a medical status. And Julie, couldn't that also maybe create, I don't want to call it hostilities in the workplace, but you don't want folks to be shunned. Well, so-and-so is wearing a mask or not vaccinated. I don't want to be around them. Or, you know, you don't want, you want the culture to be a place of, since we're talking about DEI all the time, you don't want to get into a situation where now we're ex excluding people who we think may not be vaccinated because they're anti-vax, which is unfair to assume. We don't know their situation. But if you do that and, and folks are wearing masks and some aren't, you just said you wear your mask even though you're fully vaccinated. Couldn't that just create some issues in the workplace? Like, there's my buddy Blake. Blake works in our mailroom. I love Blake. I see him now. But let's say Blake has a mask on. I'm like, oh, Blake, why aren't you vaccinated, brother? And then Blake goes to HR and says, Rose is bulimic. Right. Yeah, and it, so it creates opportunities for uh, discriminating discriminatory behavior in the workplace, but also retaliation. Blake so, gets me fired is what you're saying. Right. You know, I mean, it's just, but, but even, you know, we talk about an inclusive, inclusive workplace. I mean, that is, you know, the goal of most employers. Um, and that, I said that, you know, I mean, I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different ways to look at it. And a lot of things employers have to consider mm -hmm. when they're, know, designing their return to work programs. Let's talk about then the future of the work environment and through your lens, how much has this pandemic changed? Not only how we work, but the design of office spaces. You know, there was a time where Cubeville 
was the the hot thing to do. Everybody had their own little cubes. Now we we've uh, because of millennials, I always blame them. We have the more open workspaces that people enjoy. And now with the pandemic, folks want to go back to you know plastic shields and cubes. But what do you think about the design of the workplace? Is that going to forever change as well? Well, I think so, and I think um, I think a lot of employers are downsizing the actual physical size of their workspace. Um, you know, they they're finding out that they actually don't need to have that rent, you know, mm-hmm. bill over their head. They don't need the space. Um, and and I have we have clients who have gone from, you know, massive facilities and downsized to much smaller um, facilities. And um, and I think you know internally we're going to start seeing more separation, um, and not just you know COVID. COVID is you know I mean we're still in the we're still in a pandemic like mm-hmm. you mentioned, but I, I haven't been sick in a year and a half. Like I haven't had sniffles, I haven't had a cold, I haven't had you know the flu, I, nothing. Um, and. And I think that a lot of people can, you know, can say the same. So if we're have if we have more separation in the workplace, will that minimize other types of, you know, illnesses in the workplace? This uh, in an email. Hi Rose, I teach piano. I've been vaccinated, but many of my students haven't been vaccinated yet because of age or personal preference, so I can't require vaccinations. I'm hesitating to return to in-person lessons because I need to be close to students during in-person lessons, even with a mask. So now we're talking about that possibly impacting someone's, you know, a freelancer or, you know, an entrepreneur, someone who works for themselves. Could this person who is a piano teacher say, I am an employee, I'm a business, you have to be vaccinated or I won't teach your kid. She wouldn't say like, this person wouldn't say like that because I'm sure they're very polite, but in a sense... Well, they could, uh, and at the risk of losing business, because you know, I mean, children under age, what is it, twelve now, cannot be vaccinated. Uh, yeah, it's twelve. It's twelve and up, I do believe. Yes. Right. So they can't be vaccinated. So if you require a vaccination, you're going to lose those students. Um, and then you have to be careful about who you're requiring vaccinations from. Like, are you going to require them from age twelve and up? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it kind of defeats the purpose if you can't require them from all. But, you know, I mean, I had I mentioned earlier about being responsible for your own your own health. So, you know, a cloth mask has, you know, certain protections. But if you wear a cloth mask over, you know, a KN95 or over a filtered mask, um, you know, or coming up with like really exploring ways that you can teach piano in person, yet keep that, you know, six foot uh, distance. Mm -hmm. So there might be other ways, you know, to explore how you can make it work. And also from Twitter, this person says, working in healthcare, I know my employer mandates the flu shot for those who have religious or medical reasons not to get it. They are mandated to wear face masks in the the office. This is even prior to COVID. So if you have some guidelines in place pre-COVID because this person works in healthcare, then should you just keep those same type of guidelines for those environments where you're involved with either healthcare or you have a one-on-one working relationship like my dentist. I went to the dentist the other day. Everybody's wearing a mask, but that's because they're requiring people to wear a mask regardless 
if you're vaccinated or not. And I had a question. I was like, wow, can they even do that? But I guess they can. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's, um, uh, uh, you know, in terms of like, you know, it's going to the dentist. I mean, I just um, came back from Cancun, Mexico last week and was brave enough to get on an airplane. Um, you know, I had my mask on. I had my mask at the airport. Um, I um, and then I had to get tested to return. And my question was, but I'm vaccinated. So why do I have to get a test? Can I mm -hmm. just show you my vaccination card? Mm. Um, you know, and that's that's not acceptable. But uh, in terms of like having rules in place, you know, again, it falls down to the, uh, the OSHA general duty clause to protect uh, people in the workplace. And so if you're requiring um, you know, masks be worn, that's an accommodation, uh, you know, for you're requiring flu vaccines. Uh, it might be going forward, you require COVID vaccines. Mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of the healthcare environments, they, there's a lot of medical tests that are required. Like, you know, sometimes it's, you know, polio tests or, you know, different like tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. um, you know, those are just required. And I don't think they should, that should be changed. Julie, we got just about a minute left. What is your, as a HR professional and consultant, what do you want to leave employers with and, and employees with if there's something that you want them to take away from today's segment that they know about returning to the workplace as it relates to COVID-19 and vaccinations and all that? Yeah, I would, I would say, I mean, for employers specifically is be flexible. It's, this is, it's not the way it used to be. And so, you know, be open-minded, be flexible, listen to your employees and listen to their concerns. And then the same thing with employees. I mean, if you have a genuine concern about returning to work and, and I would say like a genuine concern, not, I don't want to go back to work because I really like being at home with my cat. Um, <laughs> but, but what do you mean? Yeah, that won't work? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. So, um, talk to your employers about it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I think we have to be open and uh, communicate and then come up with ways that benefit both the employer and the employee while still getting the objectives done, you know, getting the job done. And I must say, since I've been coming into the station throughout this whole ordeal, Blake and the entire HR staff has been providing a lot of snacks and I snacks that I would have never gotten. Applesauce, Julie, I just got to say that, you know. So maybe, I don't know. That's an incentive. Snacks are a good incentive. These are better snacks than what was in the vending machine. So, you know, every little bit helps. Julie Smith. You got to worry about the dollar. <laughs> right. Julie Smith, president and lead consultant of Atlanta-based Custom Human Resources Solutions. Julie, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Rose. I'm so happy to be with you. All right. And before we say goodbye, I want to give a special, as you say, props and shout out to WABE because the winners of the 2021 Pulitzer Prizes were just announced. I'm so thrilled and happy for my colleague, Lisa Hagen. She co-hosted a podcast and it won the Pulitzer for audio reporting. Now is a good time to listen to Lisa's podcast. It's called No Compromise. Congratulations, Lisa Hagen. Way to go. And that's it for this edition of Closer Look. A reminder to let me know your thoughts on today's program. Send me an email, because you always do, rose at wabe.org. And if you missed any of today's show, 
The entire program is online at wabe.org slash Closer Look. And, of course, you can always listen to Closer Look weeknights at 7 p.m. as well in our podcast. Subscribe to Closer Look wherever you like. Stay tuned to 90.1 WABE, Atlanta's choice for NPR. As always, I'm Rose Scott. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. The Gold Dome Scramble podcast is now plugged in, a WABE politics podcast. New name, same on-the-ground reporting from us, WABE politics reporters Sam Greenglass and Raul Bally. We'll cover local, state, and national politics as we talk to politicians and voters to break down each week's biggest headlines. New episodes drop on Fridays. Listen and subscribe at WABE.org or your favorite podcast platform. WABE.